not all that we're not happy with, though. Um, let, me, let me ask you another question. Again, I'm not looking for the answer. Are you happy in your job? Are you happily doing what uh, you believe God would have you to do, and you're happy in your job, you're happy in your work? Are you happy in your position in life? <clears throat> you know, if, if we look at our lives, we find a huge disparity uh, between where we are and where we want to be or imagine that we should be. And <clears throat> we, we need to kind of come to a place where we actually accept ourselves for who we are. It's real important to us. Now, but we can't accept ourselves for who we are when we live in a world that tells us we all need plastic surgery. <clears throat> when, we, when we live in a world that tells us we need to have more money. When we live in a world that, 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 that keeps telling us all these things that we need, and uh, we do live in an age that has made an art form out of making us dissatisfied with everything about us. We have to have a bigger picture. Uh, it can't be just what you want. There has to be a bigger picture involved, and there is a bigger picture involved, right? Uh, Psalm 139, verse 13. Before we read, we'll have a word of prayer. Father, would you bless us? Or do you have truth for us tonight that I think would change lives in this room if we could just lay our hands upon it? Holy Spirit, would you do the work? Would you take the truth? And would you touch hearts with it? Would you guide me in what's said, Lord, that everything that you want said would be uh, said and nothing of what you don't want to, to be said would be said in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Psalm 139, verse 13 says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. <clears throat> right? What's God saying to us there? How long has God known you? Since you were in your mother's womb, uh, he covered you in the womb, he possessed your reins. What are your reins, your innards, who you are on the inside? Verse 14, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. By the way, don't you know that's true? Aren't you fearfully and wonderfully made? Don't you see your body do some things sometimes that, 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 that just make you go, wow. You know, you get a cut, and all of a sudden you look at the cut, and the cut's closing up, and, and it's fixing itself. Now, my car doesn't do that. My car doesn't repair itself at all. My lawnmower doesn't repair itself, but my body does. My body has this incredible ability to actually repair itself when something happens. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, you know. <clears throat> you get sick, and, and even though the doctors can't find out what it is, you get well again. Because you get this amazing body that God has built all kinds of things. And, and really, medical science is trying to catch up with what God did in your body. So you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. <clears throat> Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Right? That's talking about being in the womb again. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when there was as yet none of them. All right? So let me ask you, why do you look the way you do? What's that saying? What is that saying? <clears throat> um, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned. What does it mean to fashion your members? To make them. To shape them. Now, <clears throat> is that really true? 
did God really work in your mother's womb and fashion you and shape you and make you what he wanted you to be? Is that really true? It's in the Bible. It's true. God did that. God, now, so, so what does that say? By the way, you know, I discovered something this week. You know, you don't talk to me anymore on a Wednesday night. And you know what? I discovered why. <clears throat> Anthony's gone. Anthony would always start the ball rolling. <laughs> Anthony had so much to say that he got the whole thing going. That's what, so we have to overcome here, folks. We have to overcome, and you have to talk to me uh, on a Wednesday night, so I'm not on my own up here, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> so what does that say about you and the way you look? Come on. Yes, go for it, Daniel. Go on. You got, <laughs> I, I could see it there running across your mind. Andrew. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> yes, Jordan. In God's perfect image. Okay, well, we're talking about our physical, the physical way we look. We're in God's image in a whole lot of ways, but our physical image is not really uh, the way we're in God's image. How are we, how, how, what does it say about when we say that God fashioned us? Uh, Andrew says he's gorgeous, right? Hugh Daly. God's in control of everything, yeah. Vincent? Okay, every fingerprint's written. That's an incredible thought, isn't it? God fashioned you with your own personal fingerprints. Now, you get the wrong side of the law, and you're not very happy about that. But for the rest of us, it's kind of an amazing thing uh, that all our fingerprints are actually different. Right? So, So God made you not... Let me ask you this. Do you think you were just a Friday night job? You know, the way they say sometimes you have a car that's made on a Friday evening and it's like everybody's trying to get home from work, so they just shove a few bits together and off out the door with it and, you know, 5,000 miles, the thing is finished because uh, they forgot to put bits in it that were supposed to go into Do you think God made you as just a Friday night job? Or, or do you think he made you perfect? Did he make you Perfect. <clears throat> depends on what you think perfect is, doesn't it? Does it depend on what you think perfect is? Well, what would perfect be for you? Well, we could actually go around the room and we could, we'd all have different ideas of perfect too, wouldn't we? Because they tell us what's perfect and it changes every year. Right? <clears throat> but if God fashioned you and he made you perfect, what would that look like? What would, that, what, what, what would perfect be? Perfect would be perfectly fit for the purpose he made me for. I am perfectly fit for what God called me to do. You are perfectly made for what God wants you to do. Each one of us are perfect. You're a perfect you and I'm a perfect me in that sense. Now, yes, we can enhance or we can detract from it. We can go with God and we can go against God. But the reality is that we are made perfect because he fashioned. He doesn't get it wrong. He's a master. There's no flaw in you that God thought, oh, missed that. When I was a kid, I remember distinctly, 
Um, I don't know how it came about, but I, I, I got an eye test, and so they, uh, they sent me off and they tested my eyes. And in those days, they did terrible things to test your eyes, right? They, they put drops in your eyes that made your eyes, uh, <clears throat> you couldn't see, you couldn't focus for like three days uh, ahead of time. And then they, <clears throat> they made you the glasses, and finally the glasses, weeks later, the glasses came, and I put the glasses on. That was a different world. I didn't realize that those trees had little tiny branches on them. Everything was different. Now, <clears throat> I was created with a problem with my eyes. I got astigmatism in one eye. Was that a mistake? Just, just a problem that was, that was there? Or was that on purpose? Is God really in control? Did God just look down and say, Oh, Dave, sorry about that. I missed that one. You know, the, <clears throat> the angels that were working on you that day uh, didn't do a very good job. Or did God actually create that problem for a purpose? He created it for a purpose. I can't tell you what the purpose was, but he created it for a purpose. Everything God does, God does on purpose. Nothing about you is chance. Every one of us are created for a purpose, and we're created with difficulties and problems and blessings and good things uh, in our lives, all for a purpose. None of it is by accident. And so, <clears throat> but the problem is, and here's our really big problem. The problem is, it doesn't suit my purpose. It doesn't suit your purpose sometimes, the way God created you. And God, <clears throat> if we're going to get our heads around this, we need to understand that God created me for his purpose. To achieve what he wants me to achieve. And I have to surrender my ambition to his purpose and accept, well, you know what? He got it right. He got it right. He, he, he didn't miss a beat. He got it right in my life. God made me who I am. I am who I am <clears throat> because God had a plan for my life. Right? God made me who I am. When David says that God had possessed his reins, he means effectively that God created him personality and all. Reins means innermost, literally kidneys, the innermost being. Now, so we, we, we talked last week about the fact that, you know, uh, all our kids have different personalities, even though they're from the same DNA, from the same families, from the same parents, and so on. They all have uh, <clears throat> different personalities. Now, why is that? Because God created each one of us different. Now, it's very true that we can go against God or we can go with God. That we can take what God has given us and we can cooperate with him and we can uh, achieve the fullest uh, with it. Or we can go against God and, uh, and what we're going to find is we're going to find difficult, there's difficulties there. But the reality is that God literally created me with a disposition, personality-wise, if you like to call it that. Not by accident. Right? So some of you have personalities uh, that, you know... Uh, you're not very happy with. Some of you have people in your life that you're not very happy with their personalities. But do you realize that, and I mean, there is definitely the issue that we actually develop those things. But do you realize that your basic personality, God was involved in making. And he didn't do it by accident. And he didn't do it to frustrate other people. He did it for a purpose. By the way, that helps us in two ways. If I can accept that about myself, it helps me <clears throat> a lot. I'm supposed to develop what God has given me. But if I can accept it about other people, 
Because aren't there some personality types that grate on your nerves? And are there other personality types that just kind of you, you get along with? Do you know that's not by accident? And you know it's not even by accident that they're in your life. God brings people into your life that grate on your nerves for a purpose. How would he ever change you if everything went your way? Let's, so understand that, that even the personality types are, are he's involved in. Uh, James Huffstetler said this. He said, you are the result of the attentive, careful, thoughtful, intimate, detailed, creative work of God. Your personality, your sex, your height, your features are what they are because God made them precisely that way. He made you the way he did because that is the way he wants you to be. If God had wanted you to be uh, basically and creatively different, he would have made you differently. Your genes and chromosomes and creaturely distinct, distinct, uh, distinctness, even the shape of your nose and ears are what they are by God's design. Now, is that true? Do you believe that? It's true. That's the truth. Now, here's the thing. When you fight against it, right? <clears throat> when you fight against it, what are you fighting against? No. Yeah. That's not true. Now listen, I am not for a moment saying that you can't improve yourself. Ladies, I'm not saying you can't go and get your hair done. I'm not going to say you can't put on some makeup. Nothing, anything like that. But I am saying this, that when you fight against the basic way that God made you, what you're doing is you're saying, you got it wrong, God. I am a Friday job. You know, you, you, need to, you need to do this and this and this. All those people that are out seeking um, <clears throat> plastic surgery. And, and again, uh, let me say this. You know, the, 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 there are probably times when plastic surgery is, uh, is necessary. People, people have been hurt and people have been in accidents and so on. But all this plastic surgery trying to change themselves. It's, you know, hey, listen, that's the way God made you. Let me tell you something else. God made you in a sin-cursed world with a predisposition to age. You're going to age. Right? The celebrating princess dies, um, what is it, 20, 20 years uh, since she died. Right? <clears throat> now, you know, one, of the, one of the most amazing things about Princess Di is that she died young. So she is forever beautiful. Nobody who lives to be old gets to be forever beautiful. It just doesn't happen. But hang on a minute, if God made us that way, could God have made us that we didn't age? Yeah. He didn't make us that way. He made us with the intention that we would age. So we can, we can kick against it. We can fight against it. We can get bent out of shape. We can, we can uh, say it's not fair. We can fill our bodies with plastic and all kinds of things to uh, try and prevent uh, the look of it from happening. But it's happening. It's going to happen. So I kind of need to make peace with that. So do you. You need to make peace with the reality, you know what, I'm going to grow old. And, and it happens very quickly. But we don't, do we? We're, we're, we're in love with youth. We all want to be, you know, at our prime, whatever that is. Forever. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen for anybody. You know, <clears throat> you know, um, <clears throat> you got to understand that, that God made you 
to look a certain way, and he made you with a body that's going to age. That's kind of helpful if we get on board with God and say, okay, hey, you know what, Lord, you knew what you were doing. I'm accepting it. By the way, when you're young, you look at older people and you think, ah, bless. Don't you? Listen, if God blesses you, you're going there someday. <laughs> Remember that. That's, what, that's, that. that's the way it is. You are going there someday for definite because, you know what, that's just the way it is. So, so don't be so daft as, as, as to look at uh, older people and look at age and think, ah, that's so sad. That's the way God made it. He made it that way on purpose. So God made you on purpose a particular way, and he made you that you're going to age as well. And he made you with a particular kind of personality. I know we're going somewhere with all this. <clears throat> Stay with me on it, right? Uh, <clears throat> but uh, catch the first part of that there again. You were the result of the attentive, careful, thoughtful, intimate, detailed, creative work of God, right? Um, <clears throat> Everything about you, God paid attention to. Those things that you don't like about yourself, God said, I want to make it like that. Your personality, your basic personality type, God, God, God made you like that. You might wish you were more outgoing. You might wish you were something other than what you are. But God made you like that for a purpose. He's got a plan. He has a plan to impact the world through your life. And there's no such thing as big impact and small impact in that sense. You know what? If God takes and decides to use me to do anything in this world, yeah, that's big. So to us it looks small sometimes, but to God, God says no. I'm, I'm working out my plan here, and making you the way I made you is part of that plan. But it's on purpose. None of it is by mistake. It's all on purpose. I, uh, the application of this truth should be clear to us. If I have a difficulty accepting myself the way God made me, then I have a controversy with God. Really, I am not happy with the way you made me, God. Now, why would we not be happy with the way God made us? Well, talk to me. Help me. We want to look better, Okay. Okay, now, why would we want to look better? First of all, two questions, right? First of all, what would looking better look like? Pardon? Other people. Somebody else. Somebody who sets the sets standard, you know, the size zero models. Or, you know, it doesn't, by the way, if you go back through the ages for women, it's just incredible how much it changes all the time. You know, it's kind of a hard, it's a hard thing to hit because it's always changing. Right? So, uh, looking better would be some impression somebody's imposed upon you about what would look better. Yeah? I grew your gray hair. Look, we'll shave it off you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's your, that's your first problem. What would, what would looking better uh, look like? Right? Where do, we, where, do we get, where do we get that idea from? Uh, of what looks better. And, and then, <clears throat> when it comes to why God made me the way he made me, that's our other big problem. You say, Vince, you were going to say something there? Okay. Because we're, we're jealous of people. Yeah. 
jealous, jealous of the way somebody else looks. I, that's a joke. Everybody's jealous about the way you look as well, you see. <laughs> Okay, yeah. We want what other people have. Now, could God have made you look like somebody else if he'd wanted to? Yeah. He chose not to. Now, catch this. That's special. Because God made you to look like you do, to have the personality you have for a purpose. It's kind of like, it's kind of a, um, it's kind of like this, right? If you want a tool to do something, the tool is going to be very different, right? If I want a hatchet to chop wood, and I, and I, I want to make a tool, I'm going to make something that's heavy, that's got a sharp point on it, that's going to sink into the wood and cut the wood. If I want a hammer to drive nails, that's no good. I need something with a head on it that's going to connect with the nail and drive the nail in. If, if I want <clears throat> uh, a screwdriver to, 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 to drive screws in, it's a different kind of a tool altogether again. I, but I'm making them each for a different purpose. Do you realize that we're, each, we're all made for different purposes? In God's grand scheme of things, every one of us is made for different purposes. I'm made purposefully for a purpose. And so are you. Right? So I need, I need to understand that, that when I have a controversy with God, I'm saying, God, you got it wrong. But what did you do this for? <clears throat> you know, and we don't, we don't think of it in those terms, and yet that's exactly what we do. You know, when all those people are going off to the plastic surgeon, and say, God, you got it wrong. Remember Michael Jackson? He started off being a nice-looking kid, didn't he? And before he was finished, he didn't know what he was, and nobody else did either. Now, um, what was he trying to do? He was trying to improve upon what God had done. We don't improve on what God does. First of all, we don't know his purpose. And second of all, we we don't improve on what God does. So so we've got to be careful about that, right? Uh, We end up with a controversy with God. Obviously, we need to change in as far as our sinful nature distorts what God intended, all right? So if my personality uh, has edges on it that are uh, not what God would have me to be. I I need to change that. Right? You know, I need need to maybe watch my weight. You know, I I need those things. But but I need to understand my basic personality, my basic body type, my basic gifts, talents, and abilities. They're from him. He didn't give me yours and he didn't give you mine. He made us all different on purpose for a purpose. Get that? This is, this is real important for us to get. Kind of simple at a certain level, and yet it's really important for us to catch on, on another level. George MacDonald said, I would rather be what God chose to make me than the most glorious creature that I could think of. For to have been thought about, born in God's thought, and then made by God, is the dearest, grandest, and most precious thing in all thinking. Now catch that. That's where your identity lies. That you were... <clears throat> Um, born in God's thought. Do you know that what Psalm 139 is saying is that God thought about you? When you were in your mother's womb, God thought about you. God looked at your life. God planned a personality. He planned a body type. He planned gifts and abilities that he was going to... He planned it all. Isn't that wonderful? 
Isn't that really special, though? And you say, okay, so what about somebody <clears throat> who's born blind? They planned that, too. What about some of the needs that you were born with? He planned those too. They're part of the plan. They're not, they're not just kind of uh, <clears throat> Friday night jobs. They're part of the plan. God made you with a particular set of abilities and a particular set of disabilities, perhaps, that he wanted you to have in your life. Now, it's not wrong for you to want to fix those things that, 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 that are hindering your life and that you can fix. I don't think that's wrong at all. But understand, it wasn't by accident that you were made or that any of those things were made in your life. <clears throat> Exodus 4.11, And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord. Do you realize what God is saying there? Somebody is born and they can't speak. God says, I did it. Now, why did God do it? Why did God do it? Jordan. Yeah, he had a reason for it. Did he do it by accident? Was there ever a person who was born and couldn't speak and God said, oh, what went wrong there? Was there? You know those <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> beautiful little children, the um, uh, <clears throat> Down syndrome children, and they could be they could be some of the most beautiful kids in the world, right? Born, born missing that chromosome, or is it one extra chromosome? <clears throat> now, does that ever happen by accident? Does somebody get born and God says, "Oh man, the chromosomes got messed up." No, He does that. Now, why does he do it? Because he has a plan for that life. By the way, the folly of a society that ignores God and thinks, you know what, if we don't see the reason for it, let's just eliminate it. That's, that's a crazy world that we live in. You know what? Every one of those children are put, in the, uh, put on this planet for a purpose. Every one of them. God's got a plan. Every problem you've got Physically, every problem that you've got personality-wise, you know what? God's got a purpose for it. Now, I can't say what the purpose is. Nobody can. Nobody can tell you what that purpose is, but he has a purpose for it. He, he did it to achieve something in and through you. It's not by accident. I, <clears throat> even if we have a disability, God takes responsibility for it. James, or sorry, John 9, 3. Jesus answered and said, Neither was this man sinned, neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. The guys asked him, Why is this man blind? Did he sin or his parents sin? And Jesus said, No, that's not the problem. The problem is he was born this way, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now think about it. This man was born for the moment when Jesus healed him. Healed him. So he lived, we don't know what age he was. We'll say 30 years. He lived 30 years of life without seeing so that Jesus could heal him and glory could go to the Father. Do you agree with that? You don't have to. God did it. Here's what we see in that. 
God thought it was worth that man living for 30 years without seeing so that he could be healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not hiding from that and saying, well, you know, it's just the way it happens sometimes. He doesn't say, well, it's kind of a sin-cursed world. Some people are born blind, some people are not born blind. He says, no, this man was born blind for this, this specific purpose. And in that instance, we get to see what the specific purpose is. We don't always get to see what the, what the purpose is. But there's always a purpose. Because nothing happens apart from God bringing it about. Nothing's happening in your life apart from God bringing it about, apart from God wanting it to happen. There's, it just doesn't happen. We have a God uh, who's in charge of everything. Right? We can readily accept the blind man as having an affliction to the glory of God. However, it is equally true that our afflictions are to the glory of God. Do you have an affliction? Of course you do, don't you? We all do. Now, why do you have this affliction? Well, it's just the way it is. Sin-cursed world. Just the way the cookie crumbles. It's no, no, no. You have an affliction to the glory of God. Now, this doesn't put you in the place, you know, where, you know, what can I do about it? There's nothing I can do about it. It's just the way it is. You, you, you can respond to what God has done in your life in many ways. The most obvious would be you can respond by having a controversy with God. That's not fair. Why did you do this to me? Uh, why, how come everybody else gets, a, gets what they want and I never get what I want? How come? And you, you can have a right good go of God over it. It's not going to help you much, though. Or you can come to the place where you accept that because he did it, he's got a purpose in it and a plan in it, and it's good. And, and really, that's the only sane place for you to go with it. I mean, Job made that great statement of faith, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And, I mean, that is an amazing faith, but you know what? It's the only sane place to be. Because Job certainly wasn't in control that day. He wasn't in control when everything got taken away from him. And to think it was just his enemies that were doing it, that, that, that was way too painful. But if my father did it for a purpose, you know what? That's okay. I can live with that. Make your problems in your life. If they're random, if they're there because somebody else uh, put them there, if they're there because God didn't uh, had a bad day on that day, then you know what? You, you really have a problem. But if you have a lack and need an affliction, a problem, a trouble in your life that was put there on purpose for God to do something in your life and through your life, then that's a different thing entirely. And that's, that's what Christianity calls us to. Christianity calls us to believe in a God who's in charge. It didn't just happen. Nothing happens just by accident. He's, he's in it all. Uh, <clears throat> can we truly pray, Father, you are worthy of this infirmity in my life? I believe you created me just the way I am. As you love me and you want to glorify yourself through me, I will trust you for who I am. Do you think we could do that? Now, what would that look like in your life? That would mean you, you would stop feeling sorry for yourself, wouldn't it? 
Because if God created you with some issues for his purpose, then you know what? Then you wouldn't be sorry for yourself anymore because you know what? These needs in my life are here on purpose. These, these, these things are, you know what? He's got a good plan. And remember, basic faith is God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So he doesn't do it kind of just ignoring you and your needs. He, he does it with your needs in your heart and your, <clears throat> he does it with you in mind. Right? So could you really trust God for who you are? Now, now, don't look at the other person. It doesn't matter what they've got. It doesn't matter what blessings they've got. It doesn't matter what blessings they haven't got. Uh, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter how different you are. Because God is working on us as individuals. Made you a special case and did a work in you. And you say, well, but, but why didn't you do the same? Because that wasn't the plan. You know, go back to the, the, the illustration of the tools. Well, why is the hammer not like a, like, like a hatchet? Because it couldn't do what the hatchet, because it's not intended to do what the hatchet does. Why is the screwdriver not like the hammer? Because, you know what, it's not intended to do. You're not intended to achieve what the other people around you are intended to achieve. And the other people around you are not intended to achieve what you're supposed to achieve. It's different. You know, it's different and it's very far-reaching and God's been planning it from before you were born. Um, Trusting God for what I am. Uh, All this hinges upon our coming to the understanding that God created us for his purpose. He did not create us for our happiness. He did not create us uh, that we may be successful. These things are only possible when we accept that God has a purpose in mind for us. Right now, this is the rock we perish on, right? Because, okay, that's fine. God has a plan for me, right? Well, it better be a good plan. And what I, what I mean by that is it better be a plan I like. Because <clears throat> that's the only good plan I can see, one that I like. I can only see the plan uh, if it works out right for me. I, I, you know what? I'm not buying into this if the plan doesn't work out for me. No, God has a good plan. But it's his plan. He did not create me to be happy or successful. Now, come on, talk to me about that, because that's a big one, isn't it? Because here's the basic problem. I can't accept God making me who I am because I have a different plan than God has. I'm not accepting that. Here's our problem. Here's the, here's the rock we perish on. Here's the difficulty for us, right? Um, I've got to accept that God had a purpose for me, and it's His purpose, not my purpose. Like, does God want you to be happy? Does He want you to be happy? Okay, God wants me to be happy, right? Now, when God when when God says He wants when we say God wants me to be happy. What does God think of my happiness? Let me ask you a straightforward question. When does God want me to be happy? Jordan? Ben? Okay, I must be to give thanks in all things, yeah. But when does God want this happiness to start for me? The 
Does God want you to be happy right now? Have you got things that hinder you from being happy right now? You do, don't you? So hang on a minute. If God wants me to be happy right now and I've got things that hinder me from being happy right now, I don't think God wants me to be happy right now. I, let me put it this way. God wants me to be happy, but that's not the main drive of what he's doing in my life. God's purpose for my life is not to make me happy. Right now, at least. Right? God's purpose for my life is to glorify him. He tells me that. Now, <clears throat> if I glorify him and I yield to him and I get on board with him, I'm going to be happy. But the main drive of God's will for my life is not to make me happy. If you don't get that, you're always going to be at odds with God. That's not the main drive of God's will for my life. Now, if I can come to the place where I accept God's will for my life, okay, he created me for his purpose, for his glory, then I can get happy. That gets exciting, in fact. I have a God that created me with a set of talents and abilities and flaws and difficulties and, and, and blessings in my life, and he created me with all these things so that I could actually glorify him. Do you realize you are unique on the planet? Nobody like you. Absolutely nobody has your fingerprints. Right? You're unique on the planet because God has a unique purpose for you. That's kind of special, isn't it? That's kind of amazing. I, I don't have to compete with anybody else. I don't have to be better than anybody else. That's not the name of the game. I don't have to make more money. I don't have to um, plant a bigger church. I don't have to. I don't have to do anything other people do. I, I'm unique. I'm created for a purpose. I just have to fulfill my purpose. And by the way, as far as I know, I am fulfilling my purpose. That's real exciting. But you could say the same. As far as you know, you are fulfilling your purpose. That's really exciting. You know, that'll make you happy. Now, happy is the wrong word there, but that'll make you happy because I'm doing what I was made to do. I'm actually on this planet to achieve something, and as, you know, as best I know how, that's what I'm doing. Hey, I'm happy about that. I'm, it's not about your plan, though. You see, what happens for us is your plan gets in the way of his plan, and he, he can't fulfill in your life what he wants to fulfill in your life because you're pulling against him. You're going your own way. You're demanding that he come to your party, and he doesn't come to anybody's party. He's God. He's in charge. He made you for a purpose. That's kind of stupid, but it's kind of like my hatchet deciding that it wants to be uh, a screwdriver. And it's no good for being a screwdriver. It just can't do that. It's not made in any way uh, <coughs> to drive screws in. And, and that's what a lot of God's people are doing. I, I want to be what he is. I want to look like she does. I want, I want a life like he has. No, that's not what God's plan is. 
God's plan for your life is unique because he's got a unique work for your life to do that nobody else on the planet can do. It's unique. It's yours. And all you've got to do is cooperate with him. How does my hatchet get to be a good hatchet? Pardon? Sorry? Well, no, how, how does that... What, what, is, what, is the hatchet, what does the hatchet have to do? <laughs> you see, that's a good name for being funny, you see. Eh? But, but, but how, does my hatchet, how does my hatchet get to... Does it have to sharpen itself? can't. It just has to let me use it. How do you get to be the best you you can be? Just cooperate with God. Let him do what he wants to do in your life. Don't fight him. Don't tell him it's a bad plan and you want something else. Just cooperate with God. Just let him work his work in your life. Stop fighting with him. We waste so much energy fighting with God. We never call it that, but we're not happy with the way we look. We're not happy with the job we have. We're not happy with the uh, people around us. We're not happy with the church. We're not happy with the country. Hang on a minute. God put you in this world to achieve something for him, and that's the most important thing, and that's the thing that's going to make you happy. So yes, God's interested in your happiness, but your happiness looks different to God than it does to you. It's kind of like the child, right? You, you have the little uh, four-year-old, the four-year-old that decides, you know, it's past bedtime, and the four-year-old that's gone past that place where they should have been put to bed, and they haven't been put to bed, and now they don't want to go to bed. And they don't know what they want. And they're just kind of <clears throat> causing all kinds of trouble and getting themselves in trouble. You know, <clears throat> um, I sometimes say to my children when, they, when they're with us, Put, put them to bed or they're going to get in trouble. <laughs> they're going to get in trouble because you know, they're getting tired. They're getting to the place where, where, where they need to go to bed. And, um, you know, we're kind of like that. We're, 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 we're bent out of shape. We don't know what we want. But if we would just do what we're told, we'd be fine. We'd be fine. That's all you got to do. You just got to do what you're told. You see, when I get to heaven, I'm hoping and praying that he says to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm not hoping and praying that he says, well done, thou amazing pastor that reached Ireland with the gospel. Because that's not going to happen. If, if, if Ireland gets reached with the gospel, it won't be me or anybody else. It'll be him that does it. But well done, thou good and faithful. Now, what's a good and faithful servant? A good and faithful servant is a servant that just submitted and did what they were told. It's easy. It's easy. God made you for a purpose. He made me for a purpose. And if I'll just do what I'm told, it's fine. It's going to work out fine. Before God created the world, he planned to make you the person he made you for the purpose he planned. God's plan encompasses everything, your family, your social status, your physical appearance, your gifts and ability, God has planned all of it. All of it's planned, right? Now, <clears throat> the way it plays out in our lives, though, is kind of strange, isn't it? 
here's what happens most of us. Most of us go against the plan. Maybe because we're not saved and we don't even recognize there's a plan. We're going to do our own thing, go our own way and live our own lives and we go against the plan. And we go against the plan <clears throat> to our hurt. Always to our hurt. Sometimes we look hurt. Sometimes we don't look so hurt, but we go against the plan to our hurt. And it costs us. <clears throat> and then finally we come to the place where we're sitting listening to somebody talking like you are tonight and we say, you know what? That makes a whole lot of sense. From now on, I think I'm just going to go his way and, and let him have his way in my life. Because he knows what he's talking about. And, and, and even then, because we've got a rebellious sin nature within us, we don't do it all the time. We still fight against the plan. But he's got the perfect plan. Now, it doesn't always look to me like it's perfect. It doesn't always look to you like it's perfect. God throws curveballs, doesn't he? God brings things into your life and you say, Really? All I was looking for was, and you give me this? Doesn't he do that in your life? Now, why does he do that in your life? He does that in your life to draw you closer to him, to sharpen you so that you can fulfill his plan. See, God's the ultimate planner. He's been planning from the beginning of time, knowing you were going to mess it up but he worked the plan out anyway so that even your messing it up wouldn't change, wouldn't ultimately affect what he was doing. And, but he's the ultimate planner, and he's planned what he's doing in your life. He's planned how to turn you back to himself. He's planned how to work all those things, and he's planned the impact on your world and on the generations to come. He's got it all planned out. And he knows how to do it all, and he created you with it all in mind. You are very special. You are very special because he had a plan. He has planned all of it. There's no such thing as small or great positions. Now, we need to get this one out of our heads. Don't we sometimes think, well, yeah, well, God planned some people for great things. And he planned other, other people for, for <clears throat> seems like nothing. And I'm one of the people that he planned seems like nothing for. How can that be? How can it be that you look at what he's called you to do and it's nothing? Right? <clears throat> the question of small or great has no place here. Being thought about at all and then fashioned by God's hands to fill any place is glory enough for the grandest and most aspiring life. And the highest place to which anyone can attain in life is that for which he was designed and made. Now, just use the illustration of the watch. <clears throat> you know, the, old, uh, the older watches had these millions of little pieces in them, right? You remember them as boys taking them apart. And they would never go. My, my dad could actually put them back together again. Um, but you could take all them. And you got these tiny little pieces uh, in the watches. And they all kind of work together uh, to, to make the clock turn at the right time. Right? You take the tiniest little piece out of that. And none of it works. See, it looks like an insignificant piece. But you take it out of the watch... 
and none of it works. There are no insignificant places in this thing. If God planned a purpose for me, it's not insignificant. It's significant. Now, how are we going to know how significant it was anyway? We're not in this life. Because what looks significant to me may not be that significant. And what looks insignificant to me may be very significant. Uh, D.L. Moody um, was a a, a human dynamo. right? And he, he came to England to hear Spurgeon preach. And while he was here, somebody asked him to preach. And he preached in the morning pretty flat. And he preached in the evening... And I think the figure was 70 people stood up to get saved. Right? Now, so much so that Moody was <clears throat> didn't believe it. He told them all to sit down again because he thought they didn't understand he's American. Uh, and he had them all sit down again. And he gave the invitation again, and they all stood up again. Right? And so they arranged to meet them, as was, that was what they did the next day. And um, they, they, they got in touch with, with Moody, and they said, you've got to come back. These 70 people came to the a meeting the next day, and they all, they're all saved. They're all born again. You've got to come back. Now, he, he, didn't know, he, didn't know, he, he didn't know what had happened. Well, here's what somebody found out later had happened. Somebody had gone from the meeting he was in in the morning uh, and gone and told this <clears throat> uh, lady who was... Uh, paralyzed and in bed and couldn't move out of bed and told her uh, that D.L. Moody uh, had preached in church that that morning. And she lit up and said she'd been praying for that for the longest time. And she prayed that afternoon for God's blessing on his ministry. And 70 people got saved. Now, we got to hear some of that story. By the way, it changed Moody's life. We got to hear some of that story. Uh, because somebody uh, tied it all together. So often we don't get to hear the story. So often we don't know what exactly happened or why something happened. And we're very, very inclined to look at the figurehead and say, yeah, oh yeah, great, great man. But let me ask you a question. In that day when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, who was a better servant, D.L. Moody or that little lady in the bed? We don't know, do we? You know what? If she was doing what God told her to do and he was doing what God told him to do, they're equal. So there are no small people in God's plan. Yes, there are, it, it, it looks small to us, but there are no small people in God's plan. Now, what happens though is we look at somebody else and we want what they're doing. We want how they look. We want their position. We want whatever. And that just wrecks the thing because God's got a work for you to do that's you're perfect for, you're made for. And nobody else can do it like you can. You're made for it. And what happens is when you do that, what's going to happen is God's work gets accomplished. And you get to feel This is amazing. God is using me. And when you don't, it hinders God's work and you don't get to feel good about it. Job 14, verse 5. Seeing 
So let me say this before, before we look at that. Do you know they say that 80% of people uh, are unsatisfied, dissatisfied in their jobs? I don't know how you get figures like that. Uh, <clears throat> but 80% of people. Now, why would that be? Why would it be that 80% of people are unsatisfied in their jobs? Exactly. It's as simple as that. They're not doing what God would have them to do. Because you're made for one thing and you're doing something else. Now, how do we pick careers? I'm talking to Sunday school recently about it. I remember uh, way back in the, <clears throat> in the 70s, you know, the, uh, the career guidance teacher in school giving, t- telling us careers. And I remember sending away and getting from <clears throat> all the Department of Education or the Department of Labor, whoever it was, they sent me this big sheath of blue leaflets on different jobs. And I'm going through them. You know what I was looking for? I was looking for the job to pay the most money. That's what I was looking for. I found one, by the way. It was paid 2000 a year. It was a quantity surveyor. 2000 That was a fortune. Uh, 2000 a year, you'd have, been, you'd have had it made in the shade, which are 2000 a year, right? Uh, and that's what I was going to be for a long time. But you know what? That's very often the way we pick careers, isn't it? I want to make money. You know what? God made everybody in this room to achieve something. And the most important thing in that is not your job. That's not the most important thing. Uh, But it's important. God God made everybody in this room for a purpose. Uh, Who you marry is important. That's important. God made us uh, for a purpose. So where I live, where I go to church, all those things are important. Because I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price and I'm supposed to serve him. And when I serve him, when I let him show me what he wants me to do, and I say, Lord, thank you, this is what I want. When I surrender to him in every area of my life, you know what? I'm happy. And when I don't, I'm miserable. And don't you know that? When you're fighting against is, is there anything more miserable than when you're fighting against God? Now, you never, you never admit that you're fighting against God, but aren't you really fighting against God, you're not having this and you're not having that and you're just bent out of shape with this and that and the other and, and you're, you're fighting against God. And when I accept what God's doing in my life, you know, and I surrender to him, I'm happy. See, God does want me to be happy, but his, his idea of happiness and my idea of happiness totally different thing. I can't be happy unless I accept who I am because I'm made for a purpose. I, I just can't be happy apart from accepting that. Now, we're going to close. We'll come back to this next week. We're going to talk about He determines our times as well. Listen, God has made you perfect for a purpose. Limitations, difficulties, problems, blessings, gifts, talents, abilities, all of it is in the mix. The things you've done wrong haven't changed God's plan because he knew you were going to get them wrong. And God wants to work all of that out. And the only thing you and I have got to do is say, Lord, that's what I want to. That's what I want to. Lord, help me. I, I, I want to be all that you would have me to be. I want nothing more and I want nothing less, Lord. I want to be all that you would have me to be. 
I'm surrendering, I'm putting myself in your hands. Lord, would you take my life and use it for your purpose because that's what I was brought into the world for. Now, do you think that God wouldn't answer a prayer like that? Do you think if you pray genuinely from your heart that God would say, ah, he didn't pray it right, didn't use the right words? Of course he would answer that prayer. Lord, I'm yours. Take my life, use it whatever way you want to because I'm yours. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for this people. Lord, you've made every one of us different. Would you help this people to accept that what you've done in their lives, Lord, is right and it's the best thing? And would you help right now as we sit in our seats for us to just do business with you and for to accept from your hand what you've done? Why don't you just take a moment there between you and God and talk to him about it? Father, we thank you, and Allah, would you bless your people. And Lord, may we walk with you in a new sweetness because it's surrendered in Jesus' name. Amen.